podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Heart and Hand, Rangers podcast. The podcast that would love to grow its hair into a mullet to welcome back Kyle Lafferty, but I think God will have something to say about that. This week on Heart and Hand, payoffs, Sports Direct, it's not been a good start to the week. Welcome to Heart and Hand Rangers podcast. My name's David Edgar and I'm joined tonight by two titans of the Heart and Hand universe. One a name you'll know and one making his first appearance. First up is the lovely Mr. Martin Ramsey. Good evening, gentlemen. And joining us, uh, making his debut, but he's been a, a smash hit on the Patreon site for those of you who subscribe, it's Jack Shaw. How we doing, guys? Happy to be here. Are you excited? First team debut and all that, Jack? You ready to... to you've been doing well in the... You know, you've you've caught the gaffer's eye in training, and now you're in into the the first team. You're the Glenn Middleton. Uh, or hopefully, I can do a Sadiq and score a goal for sure. Ah, uh, well, he didn't, but <laughs> but you can claim it the way he did. But we will we will come to uh, the big gazelle uh, later on. But kicking things off, we do prefer to start with the football lads, obviously, and. Uh, the most depressing time of doing this pod and being a Rangers fan in recent years when we had to kick off every fucking show talking about off-the-field things, but it would be remiss of us not to start with the news uh, about Sports Direct. Um, as you may have known, Rangers were poised to sign a new contract with another kit supplier. Uh, that was likely rumoured to be JD Sports. However, Sports Direct went to court saying that they had a clause in the contract with Rangers, which was signed last season, that they had the right to match any bid uh, from any other competitor. And what that means is it's a fairly standard business clause. Uh, It's not unusual, but what it means is that if you have a relationship with a supplier, um, you put this clause in and you can still go and accept tenders for for, for the services from other businesses, but you are required to show the your existing supplier this and say, well, they're offering us this amount of money, this type of supply, these other options. Can you do that? And if they say yes, and they do do all that, you automatically stay with them. That's what one of these clauses mean. Sports Direct claimed that they had that. Rangers claimed uh, that they hadn't, in fact, matched the deal. It was set for a court hearing, but then today came the announcement from the court uh, that Rangers have negotiated a deal with Sports Direct and the court found Rangers liable for the costs. Um, Rangers estimated to be about 185,000. Sports Direct estimated around about 350,000. Rangers querying why it is that much, but still, uh, it's going to be a legal bill of around about half a million pounds for Rangers to this, and we are going to be stuck with Sports Direct. Martin, it's very disappointing because I think that the noise is coming where that we were going to be rid of Fat Mike. No, it is. Um, it just never seems to go away. Um, but like most of these things, most things regarding football, off the field stuff, uh, politics, I guess, um, the optics and maybe the actual hard reality are quite far apart. Um, I think today's disappointment is nowhere near the kind of disappointments we've had over the last few years. Um, unless I've misunderstood it, financially, 
Essentially, it means the same as the JD deal would have been. Uh, uh, it has to be the same in every aspect. So we will put your strip into X amount of places. We will provide this uh, much advertising. Just, they have to match everything, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, in terms of the balance sheet, it doesn't change anything. It's a, it's a civil taste. It's um, a, a relationship with a, a, an, an odious organisation. Um, in general, not just with regards um, Rangers Football Club over the past few years. Um, so we very different from the kind of contracts that, that saw the boycotts where we were getting, what, 7p a strip or something? Mm. Uh, um, that it made financial sense then to boycott because this is clearly ridiculous. It, it was, onerous was being generous um, in terms of the language. Um, whereas this just seems more of a it's more optics. It's more of a how, how does this feel rather than uh, the kind of hard reality, which is that nothing much is going to change. And it doesn't look a great day for Rangers. The optics are pretty poor for the board. Um, a lot of that could have been managed better in terms of expectations beforehand. Um, a lot of, so I read a lot of people saying, you know, three million just to get this kind of deal. Well, true, but we would have what another four or five years left another of, four. of this yeah we would have another four um and of seven p a strip i'm going to guess the potential living yeah the potential revenue lots from that um would be far in excess of three million pounds i'll be generous three and a half given what we've had to pay for today i'm guessing we hope it would be better and they would just give up uh and, and walk away i think that was maybe a wee bit naive and Again, the language could have been um, a wee bit better uh, in advance of today um, because, as I said, the optics are, are pretty drastic. But I'm not entirely sure once the dust settles and clearly we've got a, a lot more information maybe to get from it, um, how much really changes. Uh, will buying the strips in our store be different commercially than, than buying from Sports Direct? Anyone who goes to Sports Direct, if there, if there are any people left, um, because if, if it is wildly different, again, what are we losing here? I think that in terms of the actual deal itself, it's a good deal, believe it or not. Yeah. If Rangers were, if it was just a fresh deal and we had Sports Direct and JD Sports coming to us and they offered both of us offered us these identical deals, then everyone would be pleased with them. They are good deals for Rangers. They make financial sense. We'll make money from it. It's it's not that. It's the history. It's actually, it's, yeah. as you say, an, an organisation. Still being in bed with Mike. Yeah, exactly. It's an organisation that we hate. And unfortunately, there's no way with this, Jack, to get money to Rangers through strips without profiting Mike Ashley. That's the problem with this deal. And for a lot of Rangers fans, myself included, that leaves a very, very sour taste. Oh, it's a horrible taste. Um, Mike Ashley is a prick. He would steal the smell off your shoe to make a buck, you know. Um, <laughs> that's the type of insight you're going to get off me. He's, a, <laughs> he's just a, a, a horrible person, but he's a, he's a billionaire and he can afford these legal fees and any agenda that he wants to push, he can almost push. Uh, and he's up against Dave King, who we all know uh, loves a square go as well. So it's like the immovable force for you whatever it is you know so I would as long as Rangers financially are no worse off then I suppose it's other than it leaving a stinking taste in your mouth it's not the worst thing that's ever happened 
I'm not sure how the, the sponsorship now goes, you know, the, the Sports Direct on your hoardings and stuff like that. Is all that stuff, is that still involved? That would at have the been moment? part of it. Well, it depends again on what JD Sports were offering. Yeah. So, uh, all that Sports Direct can do is match JD's offer. They can't add in clauses because Rangers could say, well, you're now not matching, you're now wanting something extra. So if Rangers were prepared to give JD Sports that advertising and JD Sports had that in their tender, then yes, you will see it. If, however, Sports Direct, um, that clause wasn't there, and Sports Direct then come in and say, oh, and we want the advertising, that would be a deal-breaker. Rangers could then say, ah, you're not matching them, you want all this free advertising, you're, you know, get to so I doubt it, but again, you never know. Um, I remember years ago a journalist telling me uh, the thing about Mike Ashley, with, with, he worked in Newcastle for a number of years, and he said, Mike Ashley always wins. He always comes out of stuff okay, you have to understand that. And it's about sometimes getting the least bad option. Yeah. And we have to remember, Martin, that this wasn't a case of... Mike Ashley coming in and working magic. This was a case of Mike Ashley walking into a room where our previous directors had bent over, lubed up our club and told him to have his way. So, I mean, to extricate ourselves from it was never going to be easy anyway. But when you add in that he held all the cards because he'd been given all the cards by people that were supposed to be looking after our interests, that tells you how difficult it is and continues to be. It's a hangover, it would appear to me. Um, and I think anyone who thought that that three million payoff was going to just make everything evaporate and the whole stench of the last four or five years just disappear, um, I think that might have been slightly naive. I still think the board could have been just better in their communication. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about that. Yeah, let's talk about that. I'm pretty sure that. Dave King had said that this was a possibility, but I don't think he's really gone into it too much no we should have managed this better because the fans believed and I think had been led to believe or allowed to believe that there was no chance of this happening whereas I think it would have been better to plant this seed a little bit and manage the expectation he did say level. it was possibility I'm sure he said it once but at the AGM and he, could have, he could have done a lot he could have done a lot more to just continue continue by the way by the way um, but it seems just in hope rather than anything else just a bit of bluster which um we are, we're well used to now sadly but again perhaps a wee bit of perspective um, it, it's it, I, I think it's an optics thing it, it doesn't sit well with any of us I'm sure well I'll say any of us people wearing about those knocked off tops for Turkey in their hundreds uh, the last two home games so um, I'm not sure how, how many people really care that much but for a lot of us it will sit very very badly um, but if the same deal in place as it was with G uh, JD as long as the sheets are coming in really once the dust settled that, that's really all that matters at this minute in time as we, we need a retail operation that actually works yeah. which we didn't have we couldn't have with 7 Pierce strip no God. I was going to say as a a bit of a layman fan I was definitely of the impression that the Sports Direct were, were never going to be anywhere near Ibrooks again um, I know you're saying it Dave King had mentioned it, hey, James, it might be a possibility, but with uh, the Hummel releasing the, the strips and stuff like that a couple of weeks ago, f 
full of fanfare and excitement and I'm thinking I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy these tops and all the money's going to be going to Rangers and Mike Ashley will never be smelt again at Ibrooks. I kind of thought that it was done with and I'm just, I'm a bit disappointed. Like, I, f- I feel a bit, I just feel a bit let down by the board that it was, I'm not saying they had it away from people, but it definitely wasn't at the forefront of anything that's been said in the past couple of weeks or months. Yeah, it's a sin of a mission. Uh, I actually think now, some people have mentioned this, Sports Direct's profits were down 73% this year. I do suspect that in a normal year's trading for them, that they probably would have just went, fine, um, we don't want to give Rangers a brilliant deal, You know, they don't like us as much as we don't like them. I think it's probably they were like, no, hang on, this is money. Um, we need to, you know, we can't let that walk away from the table. Um, and actually, for once, so many of Mike Ashley's dealings with us have been spiteful to the interests of his company because he's, you know, as you say, he's he's put off, okay, there might be Rangers fans that still regularly use Sports Direct, I would hope not, but there might be, but there are thousands who never would. Um, and I'll admit to back pre-2012 occasionally nipping in there and buying some stuff would never dream of doing it now Uh, and for once actually he's doing something that probably is in the interest of making money um, which is pretty galling and you're right I think Rangers did think that they would be able to to just walk away what really sticks in my craw Martin look I accept first of all the 3 million to get out of the 7p a, a strip seven year contract look it was a sickener we had to eat it it was the right thing to do was this clause if they insisted on it there was nothing we could do they held the whip hand in those negotiations I accept that if they said oh and we want this what were you going to say no then they go right fine we'll just stick with this contract there was nothing I accept that I'd be bloody disappointed if it happened again and the other thing which uh, I think that what really, really does stick in my craw, and this is why I've been critical of Rangers, because I, much as I share Jack's disappointment, and he's right, and much as I feel it could have been managed from a press point of view, or a PR point of view rather, better, the thing that sticks in my craw is Rangers have spunked half a million pounds on this pointless co-op nonsense. We are not in a position to be spunking half a million pounds and getting fuck all in return, Martin. It was a hit and hope, it would appear. It was an expensive um, hit and hope. Yeah, um, it was a... Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, it was... Uh, was it the, the case that we had... We believed that we had shown them everything that we needed to show, so it wasn't a case of, well, we, you know, we don't have to... We weren't disputing the matching... Um, no, we didn't dispute the clause existed. Principle. Yeah. It was It was just disputing the, the, the amount of information, which... I mean, if you've seen contracts before, Davey, it's, I've worked with them all the time. There's sometimes there's a bit of interpretation going on there. Oh, there's there probably is an argument to say, well, actually, I think we've, we've, we've shown them all we need yeah. to see. They're, they're, they're um, written deliberately like that. All they that. need to see, sorry. Absolutely, they're written de- deliberately like that so that there will be interpretation. It's yeah. why so many contract disputes end up in front of lawyers and in front of judges because it's then down to how you interpret certain phrases in it. But... Even so, what it, remember Rangers didn't lose in court. Rangers accepted. Yeah. That Rangers accepted during the process before it came back to court, and uh, cut a deal with Sports Direct. So what happened between starting this and not finishing it? What 
Lionel Hutz has looked at the contract again. Oh, shit, yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's, that's what is galling me a little bit. Rangers lawyers, um, you know, what, what happened? Why a month ago did you say, yeah, you're right, we can win this? And then a month later, without even a judge adjudicating on it, saying, oh, actually, no, no, you're fucked. That, to me, has cost us half a million banana. And, and on top of the fact that we're going to have to... To still deal with them and like it, it does, it galls me. It really it pisses me off something chronic, and there's nothing we can do about it. I understand it, but it's frustrating. Jack, will you still purchase strips? I'll still buy. I'll still buy a strip. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I will too. But I do understand I people saying yeah. they won't. But I mean, I still will too. But I'll hold my nose and do it because the money does will go to the club a significant amount. But. Um, I'll investigate any possible way to limit the cash. Get you know, yeah. if I need to, if I need to, we need to send a van to Denmark to Hummel. <laughs> then let's get this organised, lads. We'll, we'll drop in in the loud drops while we're there. But I, Martin, there have been some fans saying, "Nope, don't care." Um, even if we get the lion's share of the money or whatever, I'm just not buying. If Mike actually make money from it, end of story. Um, understandable, but maybe not mm. the most. Well, undoubtedly, it's, it's the money's not going into Rangers at all. Then, no, um, that that is an emotional reaction. It's a very understandable one, given everything that man's trying to try to do to us over the last few years. Um, I think tonight that's that's a perfectly understandable response for some people. Um, I've, I've seen a few people just trying to equate it with the last the last one. Well, you know, do are we boycotting this as well? Um, but I think they're, they're very, very different. There was a, a pragmatic reason for the last boycott in that this could not continue. That contract could not possibly continue. Um, yes, Rangers lost out if you don't buy a strip, but it was negligible. Um, the potential here makes no difference to the supplier, and it makes no difference who the supplier is. The potential for Rangers to... Um, rake in the money with the terms of this contract. That that supplier doesn't affect that. Um so it's it's a purely moral objection which, you know, each to their own. Um but it's it's the two things are, are they're not remotely similar, I don't think. But we're all agreed that he has a loathsome fat cunt. And fat cunt's gonna be fat cunt, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's he's true. that's just who he is. Um <laughs> is uh, if if Dave thought by continue to fight the most ludicrous fights, um, he would just get them to, you know, just get bored and, and, and go away. Um, I think that's probably a touch, uh, touch naive as well. Yeah, and they've got better lawyers than we have, clearly. <laughs> um, lawyers are, yeah, coming in in Airmen, I think, um, uh, private jets and whatever else. I think they clearly uh, inflated their fees for... Well, I, I did think that when I said, well, Rangers costs were 185 and they were 350, clearly they've been at it. And then it, it hit me, no, they won. So maybe they're just better lawyers <laughs> and that's how much you pay. You get what you pay for. You get what you, you, pay, you, get pay, what for. you pay for, though. Yeah, uh, for sure. You know, maybe, as you say, we shouldn't have went for Lionel McHutt's, uh, you know, <laughs> offices in all the major places in the world, Scottsdale, Possel. Um, it's maybe time to have a wee look at, uh, at what we're doing there. But anyway, right, um, let's move on to some football and some good football from a Rangers point of view. 
We'll start off with the much more important of the two matches, which was Thursday night in Croatia. Rangers took on Osijek, um, the Croatian side who had uh, a very good home European record. They had, in fact, knocked PSV Eindhoven out of the tournament at this stage last year. Rangers won 1-0, goal to, from Alfredo Morelos, who was excellent, I thought, overall, after a really dreadful display against Scoopy, I thought he absolutely answered all the questions that, that me and you and everybody else was asking. I thought he had a great game for us. Defence held up to uh, a lot of pressure from Osijek. And Martin, that is a big fact. I mean, it's a win in Croatia and I don't care what era of Scottish football that we're in uh, or, or what we are like as a club at the moment. Any time in the last 20 years, that's a really, really great result. No, there's no getting away from it. Um... It's it's an excellent result. We've seen far better Rangers teams struggle in parts of the world like that in the past. Um, uh, there are no mugs at home in Europe. Um, there are no mugs at home domestically. I think they just banked Hadrick split, did they not? Yeah, did the weekend for one. Um, they are. Uh, that was a, it. Was a superb result, and I think we we talked in the live show um, about the the impact of Alan McGregor. I think that's clear to see. A lot of us had issues with Wes. Um, but I don't think goalkeeper was our priority area um, this summer. But clearly Gerard or maybe Mark Allen um, had had other ideas, and I think that influence is evident. Although it's still very very early, Golton looks what we hoped he would look like. But again, very very early, um, uh, and I think Katic has, has played well as well. Full backs are a concern, and they allowed a lot of space, which meant the centre backs could really be exposed as being good and having a lot to do and, and look heroic um, in transition and I'm not Tyler Schubert were that great but I think a lot of those things will just take time there's a lot of understanding to be reached a lot of combinations a lot of chemistry a lot of trust the amount of times that the, the boy Kent took up great space but other players didn't seem to trust him with the ball um, but he's only in the door so you know these things are kind of understandable you're right Morelos had uh, an excellent game Um it doesn't change the fact that he hadn't had one for 10 or 11 matches. You're, you're allowed to criticise what's in front of you and you're allowed to praise what's in front of you. And he, he, was, he was superb. Um, the, my one takeaway from it, um, from a positive perspective, was um, about the manager. Um, one of my big concerns about Gerard coming was his... <laughs> Tactical discipline as a player, or ill discipline as a player, was really one of his big, biggest weaknesses. He'd be charging around the park like you know uh, Roy Race, um, and you know he was he was criticised on the continent quite a lot for that. And I kind of worried he would bring that into his management. He wouldn't show enough kind of um, flexibility, enough nuance. Um, but he spoke very well after the game, uh, and very clearly we went there to do a particular job. It's not the same kind of job. Um, we would maybe do at home um, that we would normally do in your, your average Premier League game at home um, but it was there to do a specific thing and we did uh, with a goal pretty much from the training ground Jack, Martin mentioned there Alan McGregor and I think you just I just feel more secure <laughs> when yeah. I look down and I see Shagger between the sticks. Uh, I, I kind of disagree slightly when I say I don't think goalkeeper was a key position. I, I thought all the positions were pretty much key positions, in all honesty, um, to, to upgrade on. And I think that 
although the bids for Wes that I'm pretty sure the club were expecting haven't come in, uh, the idea was solid enough of where we'll get McGregor in for a couple of years, um, sell him and then hopefully maybe bring through Robbie McCrory or whatever. But he does have a presence that Wes, God love him, just does not have. He's got a, a mentality where he, he knows what it is to win big games and he knows how to deal with shots from <laughs> like, <laughs> like from far away. <laughs> like Wes, we all know Wes, he was his reaction time was great, but you hit one from twenty five yards along the deck and he, he fell like a sack of tatties, you know. He was he I kinda agree with Martin that I wouldn't have been looking at goalkeeper first and foremost, but it turns out Mark Allen and Steam Gerard sort of maybe know a bit better and they thought that that was one of the first positions they should shore up and it does make sense that's where the confidence comes from is from the back um, and Stephen Gerrard has definitely pinpointed that and went look we need X, Y and Z and by the looks of it we've went out and bought X, Y and maybe half a Z um, the full back situation like Martin says it is a bit is a bit worrying um, Tavernier for he does have impact on games, like he set up Morelos for his goal and he had a goal-line clearance against uh, the Croatian team, but his defending was like heart-stopping at times. <laughs> Flanagan at left-back didn't look all that hot either, I thought. Um, a few mistakes led to sort of decent chances for the other team, but uh, back to McGregor, definite upgrade. He knows knows how to win he doesn't fear them he doesn't fear a challenge he's played in big European games and it was definite flashbacks to 2007-2008 like sort of where a team was set up to do a job mm, score a yeah. goal and not let in a goal and we were flaky at the back we were um, there, was, there was I'd say maybe two chances from them their, their left back um, had some delivery on him and there was one or two, especially the volley from, I don't know the guy's name, but he, should, he probably should have buried it. Yes. But it's it's a solid starting block and I love him for it. That That's where you've got to start, you know. That team would have put four or five past us last year. Yeah, although I Absolutely think no I doubt. still maintain we'd have gone out to Scoopy um, last year. <laughs> no, I genuinely, yeah. I, I'm not, I, I wasn't even saying that for comedy value. I just think having watched Scoopy over the two games, I thought, nah, they would have they would have beaten us this time last year. We'd have won Scoopy one better step up from progress. Yeah. Like, Scoopy were much better than progress. Yeah. I think they would have, yeah, definitely. But uh, anybody else just a touch disappointed that the the fullback that Jack mentioned, the lad with the bandage on his head, nobody thought to clock him with an elbow. Because to me, you know, guy wearing a bandage. Oh, sorry, mate, I've accidentally just elbowed you right in the temple. <laughs> um, is that? I think done it. He's the type of player by the, by the looks of it. But um, his delivery was cracking. But yeah, I thought somebody would have lamped him earlier on. <laughs> exactly, you know, big. It's a fairly straightforward one. The guy with a target on his head, lads. Someday, someday have a stray elbow in his mouth. Uh, Mark, I was quite impressed by two debutants, which were Hartman Hands own Lasana Kulabali and Ryan Kent, simply because to be pitched in for your first match. Now, both looked. Uh, there were rough edges, clearly, and as you say, there was moments of. Uh, I think fitness in the case of Koulibaly who's just getting up to speed and in Ryan Kent's case uh, knowledge of his teammates and teammates' knowledge of him but yeah. you know to be pitched right in for your debut in that and told 
look, you both got a specific job, this is what I need from you. I thought they both did it manfully. No, absolutely agree. Um, it's one thing that international football can, can show you about a player um, having to play with players he, he doesn't know, perhaps, and, and an environment that, that's new when, when you start, you make your debut. Um, it must be a wee bit similar to, to what the, 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 the two lads um, faced and they just look comfortable and that's that's what you want to see. Um, players who can just do their job uh, regardless uh, and you would hope that, that that's just built on. Um, and Kent certainly showed um, more than once that uh, he was in control of the ball, control of his um, position, control of his, his purpose and he, he looked very dangerous. Um, and I imagine Koulibaly's tackle will be talked about in years to come. Not like that, but... Um, <laughs> well, on, 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 here, on, on here, Koulibaly's tackle, you know, heart and hand sponsor a guy and he's most famous for his tackle. It, it couldn't be more perfect. <laughs> it's just so like Scott's written the script. Yeah, and he's, he's well, exactly. And he's, he's Scott's type, should we put it yeah, that way? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's probably the most polite way to put it. So uh, we were over the moon with that. Jack, you and I have talked in the past on Patreon about being a Rangers player isn't always uh, necessarily just about skill. It's obviously about skill and ability to a level. But you need to have, for want of a better word, balls. And as an attacking player especially, you need to, to have that because... What I liked about Ryan Kent was he took his man on and if he didn't get by him... He took his man he on again. again. He'd done it yeah. again and he'd done it again. And the thing is at Ibrox, when you take your man on and you don't beat him, you'll get the, oh, for fuck's sakes. But we remember the times you did get by him. You know, Neil McCann didn't get by the winger every time, or by the fullback every time he tried. Quite often he didn't, but we remember the times he did. Is that something about Kent that encouraged you? Because he did look as though he had a healthy appetite and didn't lose heart if he didn't get win a one-on-one. No, you, you, you're doing that in the final third, the attacking third, where if you do lose the ball, um, you've got to trust your teammates to then cover for you. Yeah, I will never get on a player's back for trying that in the final third, where if you do get past them, you're then in a very attacking, dangerous position. And he, he wasn't fair to to work back neither. Like, no, especially I was surprised the last 15, at that. 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, I, the, last 20 in particular. And... I admit I thought, well, you know, youngster for Liverpool, skillful. He's not going to be, you know, he's not going to track back. But then, yeah, we do the the EPL program on Patreon. Us three, um, I suppose at Liverpool, any day Disney want to work back, would be getting pretty fucking short shrift. I actually thought it was John Flanagan a couple of times putting the tackle in. Like when I was watching it live, I thought that's Flanagan, but it wasn't. It was Ryan Kent putting the tackle in, and I thought that's what you're after. Um, when Murphy first turned up at Rangers, when he was playing up the left, he done that very well as well. That that that's what sort of tracking back, doing the dirty work. I thought Murphy the other night had a sort of a good start, first fifteen twenty minutes. Sort of looked in the game, and kind of like the last couple of games, I don't know if his confidence is a bit short. He sort of fell out of the games and um, being a bit ineffectual, to be honest with you. I, uh, I don't think that. his best position is. Is in the centre or the right? I think his best position is on the left, where Steven Gerrard might see somebody like Ryan Kent playing in front of him. So I don't really know if Murphy's going to be first choice. To be honest with you, at the beginning of the season, uh, before a ball was kicked away, I said 
yeah, Murphy up the left, like he's first name the first name the team sheet, but now I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure if his confidence is just short to fuck or not. I'm not sure. Yeah, I agree with that. Actually, I think the the Scoopy game and that game he started well and then gradually faded it. And again, he worked hard, but didn't have a huge impact on the match. Now we'll come back to the second leg in a minute, but we'll talk about the friendly against Wigan held at Ibrox on Sunday because it throws up a few interesting questions uh, and topics ahead of the match on on Thursday night at Ibrox, the second leg. Three 0 victory for the Bears. Uh, first half. An experimental side. Um, Kyle Bradley made his debut at centre half. Uh, Jack Anik in goal. Uh, Andy Halliday at left back. Midfield was very young with Doherty, McCrory, and Ajaria. So quite a Glenn Middleton played. Quite a lot of changes. First half wasn't great and um, it seemed a bit slow and lacking tempo and it just just wasn't particularly impressive. Gaffer at half time appeared to say something which was later confirmed because they came out uh, right flying at the traps and within 15 minutes were three up had absolutely blown Wigan away and the second half was an excellent performance and up until a raft of substitutions around about the kind of 65th yeah. minute Martin I thought that 20 minutes was almost as good as we've played under Stevie G the most fluent we've played um, and it was just wave after wave after wave um, clearly a rocket up in the first half was was dire um, and we, we appear to have an aerial threat um, just about every time a ball's in the box um, we've scored quite a few headers um, since coming back um, which is good to have uh, I don't think you can rely on that in Scotland well, you need to uh, be able to, to work your way um, along the deck and, and through the middle and that might bring the, the Jamie Murphy question back into focus as the season goes on um, just who we have to be able to just find that that ball to slip through Morelos or whomever uh, would lead the line um, in the coming months um, but it just had more tempo and more urgency uh, just a wee bit more fire and energy and it was yeah, it was good fun Yeah and Jack we got uh, a look at some, some new players uh, not a debut, I think Kyle Bradley will be anxious to, to return. He looked nervous, made a mistake and then I think tried too hard to come back. He was hooked at half-time. Uh, Glenn Middleton, though, uh, again, continues to impress. I thought, terrific game, another assist. Ended up playing at left-back. Uh, gave away a penalty, which I thought was very soft. Still haven't, I haven't watched it back. I still, have, well, I still think it was very soft. And uh, overall, a lot of encouragement from him. Uh, yeah, it was uh, interesting to to see him get the full game. He's he's direct. Um, he, he likes to like see the byline and get there, which is something that we've not particularly had the last couple of years. Uh, although I do apologise for bringing his name up, Michael O'Halloran had that mm. sort of. Yeah, I do apologise, and I'm sorry he had that sort of thing about him. Where it was like all he thought he had to do was get to the byline, and then kick it over and that was his job done Glenn Middleton I think if he could improve his, his final ball I think he could be a, re- a real danger for us I would personally I wouldn't be I wouldn't be sending him out on loan I'd be keeping him um, for as an impact sub I thought um, what we've seen from the first goal from Morelos again that sort of ball from Candias from about 30 yards back it was almost the exact same goal as the yeah. 
against Croatia where you just swing it in, in between the six-yard box and the penalty area and if Morelos is there, he's 50 pence head, well, we'll get it on target. Well, you, well he's, you he's, he's removed the, um, the kind of asymmetric the wedge, yes, that he had on his head uh, with hair <laughs> and he's now got a very nice, uh, sensible side parting and two-headed goals. And two, I'm just saying, lads, it's not co-inky-dink. It's not, it's not, but that, uh, that's obviously a thing, and if I've noticed it, then there's going to be other teams' managers notice that, that that ball from deep are going to have to cover Morelos, because he's obviously been told, when somebody's out there, you need to stand right in the middle of the goals, and just hope it bounces off your head, so you don't need to do anything with it, you know, and it, it's boosted his confidence, I love seeing a happy, a happy Buffalo, <laughs> um, I really do, I think... I think we'll struggle to get somebody in that will be first choice ahead of him at the moment. I'm not sure. Um, I think going into the season, he's definitely going to be our first choice. We need to get behind him. Uh, I know what it's like at Rangers game sometimes where people just turn really quickly if he misses a chance or two. It's not the best thing for him because he is still a child and he's, he seems to be mentally younger than his actual age as well. Um, I did love his, his reaction to the Candace tackle, but, you know, he was... He was right in amongst it. He was taking no shit from that guy, yeah, the that. Egyptian boy. So that's that's a, that's a good thing. That's uh, the Rangers, first time that Rangers need I've that. You need players that. like that that are going to stick up for each other. But I think Morelos is going to be our first choice going into the start of the season, and I think we need to get behind him. And I think he's been managed reasonably well. I don't think he's been shouted and balled at. I think he's been told, "Look, you you are a good player. You need to just." Rain it in a bit and just concentrate on doing what you do best, and that is not only scoring goals, but he's he's great outside the box. He, he creates chances for others. He brings others into play. So um, I'm I'm all behind him. Don't get me wrong. I did criticise him. I get after Scoopy like everybody did, thinking, "Oh, for fuck's sake, he's push." But we're football fans, and we're allowed to be fickle. So I, I go back to Martin's point on that. I think it is all right to say. I'm not, I don't do it at a game, you know, I, because there's no point of booing somebody or saying you're pissed because it's not no. going to help. But um, I, I will say after a game, he was poor. He's playing really badly. And then I don't think it's there's anything wrong with a week later saying he played really well tonight. That was impressive. Um, there is this thing with British football fans that, no, I have decided he's a good player and therefore he's a good player, or I have decided he is a bad player and I can never change my mind. Uh, I don't see the sense in that one. Mark, that's the first time I've, I've ever heard somebody get a standing ovation from the government for running 50 yards uh, to remonstrate with somebody. It was a shocker of a tackle, by the way, for a for a friendly. From McManaman? Yeah. It was, um, and not his first. He famously um, did a number on, is it Hydera? Oh, aye, the Newcastle. The New, Newcastle. Yeah. Um, an utterly him? disgraceful tackle when he was at Wiccan um, and the usual you know he's not that kind of player uh, chorus rang out um, through through the English media um, nobody's that kind of player though have you noticed that they, like, and on, especially when the evidence um, <laughs> against that is, is compelling right yeah. in front of your eyes Nobody, you know, I'd, 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 I'd love a manager to come out and say I'd love a manager to come out and say do you know what I'm sorry but he is that kind of player he is that kind of player you know, he does that. that's, a, that's why I fucking bought him yeah. <laughs> um, like occasionally he's going to break some cunt there's nothing we can do about it yeah we, 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 you know, we've, we've kind of budgeted for three red cards a year like that's absolutely <laughs> true um, 
<laughs> but no, Kim Davis is Morelos, who's you know BFF, um, and he, he wasn't he wasn't up for that. And it is nice to see. Uh, read a lot uh, that was missing from last season. It wasn't the Habs game at the start of the season. We did the same, and we got a man sent off for it. Um, it's it's there, but uh, you know I'm sure we'll have these conversations this season as well. Uh, that perhaps we are we're refereed to a different standard when players start to get involved. There's a bit of pun- uh, pushing and shoving and, and whatever else. Um, and we'll, we'll see how long it lasts and, and how many take that example. But it is nice to see. Um, but Morelos, if, yeah, if he if he continues on on that that vein, then then great. Um, I think with him, it's. Sometimes you need to take five percent off just to get ten percent more. If that mm. makes any sense, um, he just he, trying too hard and unable to just uh, shrug off the disappointments um, because, he, as many of his defenders last season and, and this season have said, you know the best missed chances, McCoy's missed settles, they do, but then they don't look like the world's ended. Mm-hmm. And they score very quickly after because they 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 have just got a kind of positive mindset. It goes well. I was in the right place. I won't miss the next one, and it's just part of the game. And they they they're able to shrug it off because they have a strong mentality. Um, and it, again, it's early days for all these assessments. We're making good and bad about our players. Um, let's see where we are. October, November to find. But um, I think there's still questions for him to answer about his. His mental strength, really, his mentality, been able to shrug off the odd disappointment that comes, still be positive, um, and still continue, and still be able to learn. I don't because that mentality is required in the training ground. It's required on your your day to day work um, when you're taking on instructions from from the management team. He appears to like the manager very much. I think that feeling's reciprocated, um, and long may that continue. Because uh, one would hope that it would be. Positive. Well, I mean, they, they probably do have a lot in common, you know, what, what with someone coming from a, a kind of backwards place riddled with, with drugs Here and we gun go. crime. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, Alfredo Morelos is from Colombia. Uh, had to Boom. be done. Had to be done. Uh, yes, but moving on then, Jack, we also got our first look at, well, a man whose name is going to be shrouded in mystery. We've been told up to this point he was Umar Sadiq, but introduced onto the field as Sadiq Umar uh, yesterday. And. Uh, <laughs> Long time since I've seen somebody with that type of gait. Uh, the <laughs> Tori Andre Flo was the the style of player that he reminded me of. Um, this guy, I think, is going to drive us nuts, and he's going to entertain us, and he's going to do amazing things, and he's going to fall on his arse sometimes. He looks entertainment in a in a big package. He looks a sugar or shite. Like I think that's how you would sum him up. But in the he's, same game, in fact, even in the same move, sometimes in the same couple of minutes, right? in the same like, like in the same run or the same like diving header, it looks sugar or shite. Um, I, I did try to claim his goal as mine earlier. I know it was like it was definitely an OG with handball, or whatever. But I'm, if he wasn't there, it wasn't grand. So it's it's his, and I'm giving him it. And he's been given the number nine, which um, it, for. A player might. It's a psychological boost, I think, for a player now in the in the squad number game. You get given the number nine. That's that's your main striker. That's your number nine. Um, he might not be the main striker. I know there was 
there was definite uproar from uh, certain fans for uh, Morelos to get just dropped like a, a wet rag and for uh, Sadiq to come in. But I think he's going to be he's going to be a player that will start some games and will come on in some games and some of those games against uh, Kermanlitz, Partick Thistles, whoever, will just put the the fear of God into these teams like this six foot five guy coming on who's fast. He's like, rapid. He's yeah, I mean, he's fucking hell. Rapid. He's fast. Uh, there was one really, run really when he looks as though he's on fast forward and everybody else is at you know normal speed, and he just eats the ground up with those huge legs. Um, so I, I think I certainly was a promising a promising start for him, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. And uh, he might be joined soon, Martin, by uh, returning well favourite of Cami anyway, Kyle Lafferty. With news coming that Rangers are a two hundred thousand pound bid rejected, the Scottish media are probably the happiest at this news because they get to play their game of uh, uh, disrespectful bids, and it's a fucking disgrace. Why don't Rangers? Mm. You know, the only club in the world that apparently are supposed to just go in, ask how much a team wants, and pay it. Hearts. Chris are, Boyd having a wank. <laughs> as we spell, yeah, uh, having as a. Uh, we are, <laughs> uh, the, as I say, the only team that are expected to just uh, do this. Uh, don't remember this much uproar when Celtic bid 1.5 million for John McGinn, who Ibs won, I think, 4 4. So, anyway, but uh, Kyle Lafferty, 200 grand. Hearts won a million quid for reasons best known to themselves. And uh, the player desperately, desperately wants to move, so it does look as though we'll meet in the middle. Yeah, we said that with Jamie Walker. Slightly different circumstances, I think, but um, yeah, uh, it could run and run for a wee while. Hopefully not. He's he's a good option given given the season he had last season. Um, showed a wee bit more consistency in the league than he was able to show with his first time around um, and he'd be he'd be good to have um, perhaps one of Morelos' problems last season was the lack of support um, the lack of competition um, we, we need options up there we talked in the live show about you know our hopes, dreams expectations for the season um, and I think everyone's agreed that Gerard can and hopefully will at the very least just achieve par which is clear second Um clear blue water between the other ten and players like Lafferty will should um, ensure our ability to do that and put pressure on, on Celtic does is he enough in terms of uh, attacking additions to challenge for the title no oh, well Jack I mean counterpoint to Martin's um, out and out dismissal of the Black Skull <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going That's to dismiss harsh. him. I'm not going to dismiss him, but I, I, I kind of agree. Um, he doesn't match up to Morelos on certain stats, like expected goals, expected chances, chances created, all that sort of stuff. So he's he's not statistically a good a player as Morelos, but it comes down to mentality again. He fucking does not fear them. Um, he will go out there with a disdain for them. He will fucking wrap it into them. He will square up to them. He will cause them all sorts of bother. He will pretend to get Malky to get him sent <laughs> off. He'll do all that stuff. Like, he'll do that. Like, and that's what you kind of need sometimes. Like, 
you need a guy that's got to fucking kid on so that they can't get beat. Like, I, I'm all for it. If it costs you £400,000, um, then I'm all for it. Like, he's not a starting guy. He'll come on, he'll maybe start 15 games, he'll come on in games. But especially against them, Hibs, Hearts... Yeah. I would agree with that. I'd agree with that. Well, there, are, there, are, yeah. there are question marks over Morelos in those games, for sure. Um, and I would have no questions about Lafferty. If you're getting... And if he has turned a corner in his career, in his state of mind... And last season, in a poor team, um, he still scored a fair few goals in this league. You would expect, I don't know, he adds six, seven, eight onto that, maybe? That's the thing. I mean, I know what you're saying about is he good enough to win as a league? And, you know, Kyle Lafferty, I'm, I'm not unrealistic. But then there is a bit of me that goes, is it inconceivable Kyle Lafferty has a, a season where he's on fire, hits 25 goals in the SPFL? No, it isn't. It's not. And if, as I said, if last season is the sign of things to come in his career and it's not the outlier in the last six years um, then then great I mean I, I, as I said at the outset to answer your question it's a very good option to have um, whether it's the attacking options that we expected to come through the door on May the 4th when Gerard arrived um, anyone who tells you that is probably lying well not Kami apart from Kami but you just Take that, yeah, no, he, 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 that was the one he wanted. Um, one player out the door, just before we go into the second leg of Osiak, uh, one player out the door, Fabio Cardoso, uh, who had his contract terminated. But don't feel bad for him, listeners, if, in case you're sitting out there thinking, well, what's he going to do? He's, he's unemployed. Um, that's, a, that's a sin for the lad. Um, he, he found a new club already. Um, in fact, was pictured in wow. the strip within about two hours of the of the announcement from Rangers uh, he signed for Santa Clara um, one and a half million quid down the shitter Jack it does appeal that way it does yeah uh, he turned up his first couple of games and there's that old chestnut you say he looks not a right player uh, I think we kind of said it about people like Rob Kiernan as well like he looks alright Steven Gerrard's obviously come in and thought he's not even worth a chance in a in a friendly game. He obviously thinks he's dug me. The guy's got two at least two years left in his contract, so uh, personally why why would you just tear that up and leave? He was on ten, twelve grand a week, so he's getting a, a chunky six figure payoff. I can't blame the player. You can kinda blame the club for giving him that length of contract at the time but again old Pedro wanted him and we were backing him to the hilt at the time through not just wages but uh, fees as well so I don't hold anything against Fabio Cardozo he fluked it he came to Rangers he was shit and now he's he's away a millionaire to St Clara who are a team that I've never heard of so Welcome. Um, Martin, he's not a bad footballer, right? He's not, you look at him and think you have no ability whatsoever. He just was not cut out for Scottish football. Like a lot of um, Pedro's, I think Pedro's choices, I think it's probably fair to say Morelos and Jack Doran's uh, were not his. Um, but certainly his uh, signings, guys who he knew, they were not suited to the league. 
and that was that was his his, his biggest his biggest downfall. Um, whether that's a, an underestimation or just a just a misunderstanding of of, of the task at hand. Um, he was not a centre half who is suited to, to Scottish football. We have seen that story before. Carl Svensson springs to mind. Um, I agree, he's not he's not a dreadful footballer. But it, yeah, it just wasn't suited, and it, it's, it's one of these things. I think it's fine to say, yeah, that didn't work out because clearly it didn't, and it was not valued for money. Um, there's a wee bit of hindsight associated with that with, with, with football fans. I don't remember too many people last summer um, up in arms at spending just over a million pounds on a Portuguese under 21 had been capped under 21. I'm pretty sure he had. Um, uh, that looked a good deal to, on paper. Paper, it looked a good deal. Yeah, so that that's all you can ever do. Is, is, well, is know, it? Yeah, that's it's, all it's you can do. For a, for a football fan to say, uh, "Oh Jesus Christ, we're signing who?" Yeah, right, no, that, uh, I'm telling you now, that's okay ridiculous. That, that is an utter waste of money. Yeah, but it's okay um, for us to say that. That's all you can do is look at it on paper. But surely, that's not enough for paid. It's not enough for a manager, David. Yeah, they'll get sacked. Yeah, and the board, if they've appointed the manager, need to fund them. <laughs> And they did. Um, those who appointed the manager probably should have their jotters already. And I think that's a different conversation. But if you have the manager in, you've got to back them. We were all, when I listened to this show, no one was um, criticising the board for, for spending that kind of money and trusting the managerial appointments. Um, Pena was a big risk because we knew a wee bit about his reputation. But I don't think Pena's stats really actually match um, how he's, he's remembered, to be honest. Um, but this seemed on paper like a good uh, a good idea, playing alongside probably one of his heroes and uh, Bruno Alves. So we were all pretty positive. You don't get to turn the clock back and say, well, I told you that would be shite. Um, I think a few of us noticed pretty early on, OK, there might be a, a compatibility issue here. Um, and I guess the Mother World Cup semi-final was... Um, the embodiment of that. Yeah, he was trying to run Windows XP on a Mac, unfortunately. Um, but now we move to the second leg. Uh, this tie isn't done, Martin. This tie is not done. Nope. Um, a good win for them uh, last night. 4-1. Uh, uh, the couple of injuries, including the, the Nigerian striker up front. Um, I don't know how serious those are. <laughs> it's one of these quirks of European football that a, a one-nil victory away from home. You're, you're still in a bit of a, a kind of nervous situation. There maybe is a bit of a sticker twist about about Thursday night. Um, if we score, I mean they kind of shrug their shoulders and go, "Well, yeah, well we, we still, still need to score two. That, we needed to score two before then, and this makes no difference." That's to a worry for me, Martin, is that we get um, a goal and the crowd go, "Ah, oh, well, we're done, and we're really not done." Nope. Um, so it doesn't change their game plan one bit. Um, they're dangerous, um, but although the, the, the fullbacks would give you cause for concern, um, that that core three, the two centre-halves and, and the goalkeeper, with our boy, um, maybe just a wee bit ahead of, ahead of them, um, you'd hope that we'd, we'd be able to weather the inevitable storms that, that, that might come and go throughout that game. Um, but an interesting challenge for the manager tactically, just on, on that point. Um, you know, we're in the driving seat here, so 
do we hit them in the break? It's uh, it's a tough one, as you say. It's a stick or twist thing, isn't it? It's do we go right? We're going to go out there and impose ourselves onto this game, or do we go? You know, we'll see what they're going to do. See if they can blow themselves out, sit and hit them in the break. Uh, the one thing I will say is, again, as fans, we can sit here and debate this, but the manager and the team have to be aware of this is the plan. This is how we're going to approach it and do it. You know, just go for whatever the plan is, hell for leather. You see it so often. When we saw it last year, higher level, obviously, but Spurs against Juventus. When Spurs looked as though it would take a miracle to knock them out, it didn't. It took two goals, and two goals that happened in three minutes. Um, and it's the same for us that we have to understand that I would like us to use the occasion to go out and play a back football and put them in the back foot and make them worry about us. But yeah, the idea, and I've heard people say a goal kills it. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. They need two goals, and if we get one, they still need two goals, and that will still be enough for them. So it's going to be a scrap, and Jack, it, it's going to be one of those nights that I hope the Ibrox is rocking. It's a seller. The place is going to be going barmy, hopefully. Um, and if we can get that, then I think we, we could have really be in a position to take quite a tidy team out of the equation. People that have listened to my, my podcast on the Patreon service will know that I, I did start as a betting podcast where I was uh, predicting what was going to happen in Rangers games and um, I not got great one result. That, yeah, not, not your 40. Good pod. Not, <laughs> not, not my 40. I got one out of 11 right and yeah. donated all the, mantra, all the money to cancer research. But I think we need to listen to Steve Gerrard. Uh, I think he is the type of guy that's going to have a plan and whatever whatever his plan is, um, go along with it. I don't think we'll be going hell for leather, but I do think that we will score. I do apologise for saying that in case things fuck up, but um, <laughs> I, I think I think we'll score. Uh, and like you, although you said that it's not a it's not the the nail in their coffin. I think that if we do score first with them coming forward, we hopefully have the players to hit them on the counter with a bit of pace. Uh, me personally, I would be bringing Candace back into the team at right mid in front of Tavernier. I think Tavernier looks lost without him. Like I don't think he looks he looks the same player as he does with him in front of him. So that would be my one of my only changes, whether or not to play Murphy or Ken on the left probably Murphy I'd imagine he's probably more up to speed and more tactically maybe tactically aware than, than Ken quicker, might be Kent's but quicker. I'm not 100% sure about that if we want to play on the break Ken's quicker yeah Mur- Ken is quicker I, I just don't know if um, the, the way that Ken was in so much space the other night and there just seemed to be no trusting him to get the ball out to him. Maybe some of the players psychologically might think that Murphy's a better option out there and might want to be more willing to, to play down the left. Uh, a lot of our attacking stuff has been down the right with Candace and, and Tavernier for near enough a whole season, you know. So, I don't know. I trust Steven Gerrard to pick the right team. His, his backroom staff and Kerry McAllister and stuff like that will will have a plan and I'm pretty sure by the looks of the last four games without conceding a goal we should hopefully be able to execute that plan and go through 
I'm not saying comfortably, but go through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to ask you, uh, and be honest, right? You know, don't, don't don't try and suck up to the audience here, but tell the truth. Will we get through? Not ask for a score prediction, and I'll say I think we will get through. It will be a struggle, and I think it'll be very tense. And I think that we're going to have a a lot of buttons knitted by asses at Ibrox uh, on Thursday night. But I think we'll get there, Martin. Yeah, pretty much the same. There will be some nervy moments, I'm sure, but I think we'll win two. Jack. Again, I really don't like putting my predictions out there. See, 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 I think we will win. Um, that was what I predicted the other night. That was one of my predictions that actually you came did up. Get, you um, did. You did. But, you did right. uh, I think what 1-0 again will be uh, will be our, be our forte. Our defence should be able to hold tight. We just need to keep an eye on that. Their left-back... Um, I think he's he, he's a big danger with that with his delivery. So again, Ken Day is playing out there maybe with we'll to sort of keep him under wraps. Absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you very much to everyone for listening. Um, we will be back next Monday, and uh, from then on, and we'll be starting back the two pods a week. But we'll be back next Monday with the next free pod. Of course, we want to hear from us all. In the meantime, just come along to the Heart and Hand Patreon site. That's patreon.com forward slash Heart and Hand, where we all have shows. Uh, apart from the the regular current events shows, we all have our own individual show. Martin hosts the Time Capsule, where he goes back and looks at a match and what was happening in the world round about that. Jack hosts Rangers Bet member where he looks at a multitude of things everything from a shot at glory to crazy footballs from the past you name it jack looks at it and it's a brilliant very funny show um and the three of us host the uh, award worthy uh, when the seagulls follow the troll or the epl pod which will be returning soon uh what a crazy money getting spent lads uh dan surf um so far yeah i'm looking forward to getting back yeah looking looking next, forward to getting that kicked next off week. uh Jose's in a good mood yeah, he's in bright and bubbly and uh, positive about absolutely everything to do with Manchester United. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, he's a, he's a horror. Uh, he's a total horror. I think he's going through male menopause. said it before. Uh, he needs to get whatever the male equivalent of HRT is and uh, see, if, see if testosterone replacement therapy, probably. Um, OK, folks, thank you very much for listening. Just thank our executive producer in London, Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Wiles. And we will be back next week. Till then, take care. Cheers. Bye. Podcast Network.